Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Welcome to Ball vs. Life, BVL. We are your boys. I'm Jack, and I got my co-host, JC. Mike check, one, two, one, two. JC is in the house. What's up? Well, we are live, man. We're back. We took a week off or a week break. Usually we do two weeks at a time, yeah. but we're back. Dude, it's all-star break, so you know. I know. There, there wasn't much going on. I think it was a good mm-hmm. time to just kind of take a step back, chillax. Yeah. I know you got a couple of other projects on your mm-hmm. plate, so... You and know, you always got, got one kids. big project, which is I, your... I got two big projects. Yeah, I got two, two big projects. <laughs> That's a never-ending project, bro. That's a never-ending project. <laughs> if people think that it's done at eighteen, nah, no, bro. Man, like no. the the cognitive load that you have mm. with two kids, yeah. that shit is everlasting, bro. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's might be the most worthwhile project, but it's never-ending, though. <laughs> Ain't no all-star break for that. I'll tell yeah, you that. Dude. <laughs> no all-star break for sure. Uh, how you been, bro? I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, with Omicron kind of, mm. you know, um, uh, starting the year off being a little complicated, kind of mm-hmm. was laying, was trying to lay low with hoops, but yeah. things are getting better. So, yeah. you know, I've been trying to get back into the into the grind of things, trying to get to get back to hooping. You know what I mean? That's where the the mentals are great. So, uh, been trying to hit the courts uh, a little bit more. Yeah, I've been. I think it's time to dust off those uh, sneakers and get back on the court for myself. And I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I think uh, I took a, I don't know even know how long at this point, but. You're the DL as long as Draymond was, bro. I know, man. <laughs> I know. Mysterious injury, dude. Right. <laughs> a mysterious injury called COVID. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, with things getting better, I think it's time, man. I yeah. mean, you know, we got like mask mandates are lifting. Like mm-hmm. pretty much all of California, you can mm-hmm. walk into a store without a mask right now. It's, um, it's yeah. weird, man. It's it is weird. weird. It, it is, is very weird. weird. It's been weird, dude. It's just been weird in general. Dude, you know? it's been weird. Outside yeah. of all, we, we talked about all star breaks and we talked yeah. all about this stuff, the shit that's happening in Europe. Oh my like, gosh. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so surreal. Like, you see it all the memes where people mm-hmm. are just like planning for summer plans, quote unquote, post COVID. And then you got World War Three coming up. It's I know, crazy, dude. Man. It's it's so wild. Like I know we're not gonna get too into it because mm-hmm. first of all, we don't have that much information aside from just the stuff we see on the news, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just some there's a level of understanding that I'm not at with it, to be honest. I've I've mm-hmm. done some you know looking into it, digging, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I can't have I don't have any good opinion or good thing to say about it. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of just educational or I don't know. I don't even know where to start. I mean, all I, all I could say about this and, you know, I'm, I'm also coming from like an, an, an educated kind of perspective with regards to this is, you know, <laughs> violence. Mm. It's, it's really hard to find any positives when things are, are going down elsewhere mm-hmm. and we we are very sheltered here in yeah, america even sure. even with the with the covid situation but i guess what one perspective that i think is helpful is always having sort of more of a worldly perspective and understanding that shit you know outside of what we have within our lives like caring about sports and all of mm-hmm. this shit like there's like real life there's like yeah. a whole nother world 
uh, out there. You know what I mean? In terms of like, you know, countries, lifestyles, mm-hmm. perspectives. And, you know, sometimes it's good to be able to kind of step outside of our sort of mental mm-hmm. bubble and understand that <laughs> shit, there's real life out there. So, yeah. you know, you know, it's so complicated with, with what's going on. But like, you know, if you really want to keep it simple, like people's lives are at risk yeah. <laughs> at a country and you really kind of don't want to, you know, you, you really don't want to forget that. You know what I mean? So yeah. shout out to, you know, the folks that are struggling uh, yeah. and dealing with with all of this kind of stuff. Don't really want to turn it all political, but you know what I mean? It's just yeah. the reality of the world that we live in right now. I do want to give, you know, we, we want the shout out prayers to people in Ukraine, mm-hmm. you know, millions of refugee, refugees at this point and people dying. Mm-hmm. And as much as we are in our bubbles, when you step back and you look at what's happening in the world and we will complain about sports, we will complain about our teams, but it's always bigger than that, you know? Yeah. Um, so For... as much as, yeah, we complain, that's just, you know, us being fans, but it's grander. Like as two podcasters, as two guys who talk about life and ball, we can separate yeah. the both. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's just our way of being able to kind of just deal with what we have mm-hmm. a, a under, well, seemingly our control. <laughs> Actually, it, doesn't, it isn't. But I'm just saying it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, we are aware. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can kind of talk about with regards to this is, you know, yeah. we know that there's stuff happening outside the lines in many ways. Yeah, so. and I, I do want to say, if we do want to talk about it, I would want to dedicate more of an episode to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say, like, this is an afterthought. Oh, yeah. This is something yeah. that I feel like we should have more fleshed out if we want to speak more about it. Because yeah. I don't want to be irresponsible. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. We could talk hours about all kinds of stuff. But oh, yeah. with yeah. that said, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, let's it's... talk about life, though. You know what you've been up to, man. Like, you see, watch anything good recently? You know, like. We, well, without uh, without basketball, uh, there was a little bit of a, a a break period for me to be able yeah. to consume uh, different kind of content because there wasn't, you know, what basketball for a week or whatever, even yeah. after the the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gave me a, a a really dope recommendation, I know, dude. Man. I checked out that uh, that documentary about kanye west on netflix called genius uh, yeah dude and you i don't know i don't even know how it came out came up in our 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 chat but you were just like yo you should check it out and uh and i did dude and thanks for the recommendation i watched the first episode and that's when i recommend to you and Mm -hmm. i knowing your personality you love raw footage you know especially like hip-hop culture you know stuff like that the mm. you know you grew up with it to be honest right yeah. and we all did mm-hmm. <laughs> and you grew up in america you grew up in, as mm. american you're going to grow up mm. with hip hop culture so like just getting the all the behind the scenes and you know the come up story of kanye i mean man it's riveting exactly dude i think it's 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 le- even less about kanye but it's just about the storytelling and i do yeah. feel like the the filmmaker kudi mm-hmm. did a wonderful job in terms of you know you know Telling a story about, uh, mm. you know, one of the most, I would say, sort of uh, provocative sort of personalities, yeah. celebrities, people <laughs> yeah. on earth right now. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's yeah. the, and that's enough to, to really kind of create a, a nice little story out there. So thanks for the recommendation, dude. The, yeah. the series is a three-part series. Mm-hmm. I just Funny. finished it. On last Netflix. night, actually, yeah, on Netflix, on Netflix, and I just finished it last night, and they mm. were doing drops like once a week for for three weeks to be able to do that. And dude, 
what a wonderful wonderful recommendation how'd you come across it well i mean i when i went on netflix i saw like that they were going to come out with a kanye doll i actually saw the trailer for it and i was like oh interesting i hadn't piqued my interest just yet but i said you know you want to give it a chance right you know first episode and while watching the first episode as you said it's just the raw footage and Mm. mad props to cootie the director because Mm. i mean he filmed this man over a span of a decade to edit all that footage together and tell a story that's mad props like it's very creative you know it's not easy to do so it's amazing that he was able to craft a story and it kept evolving and changing because he was he was with a man kanye west that his life played out i mean as we all know anybody that knows kanye west his life is very public now rags to riches yeah to be able to have someone tell in a narrative way that was so close that was able to be by his side through all those years incredible absolutely um you know watching the first episode it really kind of put me in this sort of mindset of where i was at that point in time um Mm. you know what i mean it was just like a time machine just because the music uh in itself kind of you know brings you back to a certain you know period in your life um and then you know, seeing all of the, you know, the the raw footage interspersed with like some of the media stuff that he was doing back then, mm. interspersed with the music, it really kind of just throws you back in terms of like where we were, what two thousand four, two thousand two, mm-hmm. when it all first started, and even all of the other personalities that were part of it, like oh, all yeah. of these, you know, hip hop artists like uh, Jay Z and uh, you know what I mean, Common and all of this stuff, mm. and. Even just the fashion, dude. Just oh, seeing yeah, kind of dude, like the you know. like how people were dressing and kind of evolving over time. Mm. Kanye is such an interesting personality because mm. at least from a pop culture perspective, I don't know, dude. Like he kind of has like a pulse of, of things. And in many ways, is his tastemaker. Yeah. So outside of the story, right, which is fascinating in itself, and I'm sure we'll break it down in, uh, in a little bit, just sort of like the visuals and mm. like the whole sensory experience of watching that that fucking documentary was like was pretty dope just because it was just kind of putting me on a vibe as Mm. to where we were back then dude and like i could remember wearing that Mm. kind of style back then you know what i mean because everybody's kind of doing athleisure now although it's kind of changing dude like Mm I'm, I'm seeing like a lot of people out of about kind of wearing 90s shit once again but that's a whole <laughs> different pod but you know what i mean it just kind of gets it, it just brings you back dude and that's where mm. that's that's where it hooked me yeah there's just this interesting dynamic because as you said kanye is a visionary you know in style he's a tastemaker in music mm-hmm. obviously like you could tell that his music was just different at the time i think it's a great reminder of how different it was mm-hmm. how against the grain in terms of what rap and hip-hop culture was at that time mm-hmm. which is why he wasn't embraced right away you know there was many reasons also like in the doc if you watch mm-hmm. um chicago or shy town rappers weren't just weren't highly regarded no mm-hmm. one thought like it was west coast and east coast yeah. but outside of that like there's this guy that honestly by all accounts when you look at him you don't think cool you know what i mean yeah like he's yeah. wearing a retainer dude like he's going he's like audition not auditioning but he's rapping in front of like rappers at the time who are kind of the gatekeepers mm-hmm. and he wants their validation mm-hmm. and he's just killing it but mm-hmm. he has to take his retainer there's a scene where he was uh, I forgot which rapper it was it, it was but um, he was he was he was rapping family business for mm-hmm. him and he takes off his retainer he puts it on I don't know either the the, the recording um, whatever studio mm-hmm. and the dude was like bro what's this 
And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just my retainer. It's yeah. just so fascinating to see that kind of difference. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, early 2000s was sort of like that. It, it was transitioning away from, like, gangster rap of, like, mm-hmm. the mid-90s more. I mean, it kind of still kind of, and I use it with quotes, it's sort of like a thug kind of mm-hmm. uh, image in terms of uh, being a rapper. And I do feel like Kanye kind of ushered, uh, you know, this sort of different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and in many ways, a throwback to old school hip hop. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you really kind of think about how hip hop was in like late 80s, early 90s, it was more of like a feel good kind of vibe. So, like, Kanye kind of ushered back sort of like a renaissance to mm. what hip hop was, right? Like, if you really kind of think about like late 90s, early 2000s, it was more of like a sort of like gangster, sort of thug kind yeah. of. And I use that with quotes, mm-hmm. uh, rap, right? And it kind of was a throwback to original rap uh, and hip hop with like the late '80s, Run DMC, and all of that stuff, and a tribe called Quest, which is a little bit more feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So, at least for me, during that time, even though I enjoyed my early 2000s sort of 50 Cent, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like vibes of like you know, really kind of hard hip hop, it was mm-hmm. refreshing to kind of hear his his perspective. You know, aside from the talent, the stories that he's uh, oh, yeah. that he's able to tell with with his raps, like the wit, like yeah. the um, the humor, the the flow and the beats, mm-hmm. like I just remember when I heard those like his first songs back in in, in like '04, I was like, dang, dude, mm. like I like this, like I, I you know. I don't feel like I feel good listening to this kind of stuff. I'm laughing. I'm smiling when I'm yeah. like, when, when I'm listening to this kind of stuff. And that was kind of dope, man. And that's, you know, and that's what meant, at least for me, that's what made me love like Kanye West's music. That's mm-hmm. what I kind of miss with his music right now, actually, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. What struck me a lot is also watching the doc is how hard it was to get into the industry and mm-hmm. be respected. And I think it's different now, obviously, in the sense that anyone can upload their own content on YouTube Mm -hmm. or whatever other platform. Mm -hmm. But back then, that wasn't the case. Kanye had to grind his way into one of the notable labels for them to pick it up and distribute his music. Rockefeller. Yeah, Rockefeller, so people could see his genius, to be honest. Yeah, dude. But without that, like he would just be on the street selling CDs. Like He needed the gatekeepers to earn their respect and then distribute their music what a and, grind it, yeah dude it, like the it, it's a very good point of what you said like you know media back then was a little bit different and you really kind of had to you know sort of really advocate for yourself and <laughs> homeboy really did that dude yeah and like all of the footage really kind of gave that he told that story right and yeah. it was it was kind of it was nice to see man yeah yeah and MTV was such a big thing back then. You could see, like, it was so big for him to get a feature on MTV yeah, because he dude. knew, like, millions of people could, was able, were able to, you know, understand who Kanye is or what he's trying to achieve and get on board. Talk about pre YouTube days. days I know, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like back then, you really relied on MTV to, to really kind of g- give you a, a pulse on what's, what's, what's trending and what's going mm-hmm. on. So that's why it was really, really key for him to get that. And um, it was awesome to see, just through the doc, the humanizing of Kanye West. Because mm-hmm. the Kanye West that most people see through media now mm-hmm. is 
just a lot of craziness, to be honest. Like, you can't put your finger on wh- who this guy is outside of his music and stuff, but his, who he, his, what his persona is. Like, you really can't put your finger on it. So, watching the doc and seeing these great scenes with his mom, Donda West, mm. like, it really humanized and you understood from where he came from. You know, mm. like, the love that he has for his family. And it's not even just the love, like, people will love their family, but you can actually see the manifestation through the conversation and all these, you know, clips that they have on the dock that Cootie obviously shot. Like, mm. Yeah, it was, it's amazing to see that. You know, what's funny is like the documentary, it's split into three parts, right? And yeah. I hope we're not spoiling it for anybody out mm. there. If you, if we are, just stop and just <laughs> skip ahead. And, uh, but like, it's really funny um, how I felt like the documentary just kind of had three different stories. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I was watching three different films, even though it was, you know, it was, you know, focused on on Kanye specifically. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or or so we thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as it progressed. And at least the first um, uh, first part of it really, really kind of went back to the history and, and showed mm-hmm. like where, where he started and those relationships. Because we've, I feel like I've forgotten that. Yeah. Like we've heard those stories. You've heard how much he loved his mom, but it never, either we've forgotten or mm-hmm. it never really was covered to this level, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's it's just kind of different. It kind of gives you more of, and I, you use that word that 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 humanity that we've kind of lost just because mm-hmm. he's kind of changed so much from what he was back then, as we all do, dude. I mean, come on. It's like what 15 20 years ago like we were all very different people from where we were yeah and seeing that transition kind of i don't know dude like you could kind of relate right we're just yeah. like it's inevitable for people to change obviously he's at the extreme and mm-hmm. being one of the like the biggest stars in the world but in many ways you know people ch- people just change over time yeah i love seeing the progression but also i feel like it's a commentary on society like when we since everything's a short clip now, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether it's on TikTok or on Twitter or, you know, or the news. Like you take sound bites, you take like these video footage and then you take it and then you're like, okay, that's who Kanye West is. And mm-hmm. yes, he does say all those things. He does do all those things, right? But there's more context to every story. Mm-hmm. And watching a doc that's three parts long and each part is like an hour, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you get the full context. You, it's a story versus just a clip where you make a judgment based on the clip. And it's not to say that Kanye West doesn't... I mean, he has a lot of demons, and we're not, I don't know what his demons are, and it does display a lot of what he's gone through and why he mm. might be the way he is. And mm. we, we speculate, too. Like, we don't actually know if he's bipolar or not. So mm. it might be reckless for even to say he is bipolar. Mm. But either way, whether he's having manic episodes or not, there might mm. be a reason for that. And, you know, watch, watching the doc, it does paint a perspective of some of the reason why he turned out the way he did funny you mentioned the bi- the bipolar bit just because um what i was thinking is like i mean you and me we're kind of plugged into the culture in many ways like if sh- if shit's happening in the world we kind of mm-hmm. have an idea if it's happening or not there's something major like kanye west being quote-unquote bipolar and we're using this just because this is the language that was used in the documentary right like mm-hmm. I, I don't know like I, I can't bet that i haven't tried to bet that like like i don't know i feel like we would have known this dude like mm-hmm. I, I i made the comparison to like magic johnson 
having AIDS. Not to say that mental health is kind of like that, mm-hmm. but it's just like a notable person that's part of the culture dealing with some shit, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of know that. I don't think there was a moment uh, in our, what, in the last 10 years mm-hmm. where it was out in the news that Kanye West is bipolar yeah. to really provide some context as to, you know, understanding what the, what the hell we've seen from the transformation from mm-hmm. college dropout Kanye to Donda version 2 Kanye, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I, it is fascinating, though, to see why he has progressed his views and ideas and the expression of that to this level. And mm. I can see with anybody who is growing and getting more validation mm. and you know on top of that not knowing whether he's bipolar or not having manic episodes like it just gives you it's like the ego man you know <laughs> we all have ego but if we keep getting it validated through our talent or through whatever right it's only going to get bigger as you said it's like the more people you have more yes men you have around you or yes women or whatever like the more you're going to think what you're saying is true and fact and I do think there's some level of that. I mean, the dude is one of the most famous people in the freaking world, man. How many people are saying no to that guy? Not a lot of people, man, because everybody wants uh, exactly. a part of that paycheck, part of yeah. that uh, that shine, that that clout, that that you know. So and on top uh, of that, watching the doc, he doesn't take no for an answer. Yeah. So you can kind of see, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a personality thing or yeah. that's more of a, a condition, mental mm-hmm. health condition thing. It's kind of hard to, you know, to draw the line as to where it is. I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And everything is just kind of amplified if he is going through some stuff and wherever he is in his condition. Uh, and I, I do think it does highlight above all, like you can have talent, but if you don't have the willpower to advocate for yourself there's tons of people who are talented but they will never become as great as kanye Mm. because they don't advocate for themselves to that level like the amount of self-belief you have to have dude and keep pushing it's incredible man like to get rejected 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 and keep coming back man you gotta really believe in yourself dude he got that mama mentality in terms of like being able to will his way into uh, you know, achieving his dream. Yeah. You got to give him credit for that. For sure. You know, there's a, you know, it, it, in many ways, he he got that mentality. He mm-hmm. had the talent, obviously, and he had the will to be able to do it. And he, you know, you combine that, that's a very, very dangerous thing. Uh, and, you know, kudos to him in terms of what he's been able to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing you, you, you mentioned, um, uh, you know, as sort of uh, uh, insight into to his his sort of life is his relationship with his mom, which was mm-hmm. um, really interesting uh, because it's really really important to him, yeah. and um, at least uh, at the part in the film where he lost his mom, mm. it felt like it was such a triggering sort of event that mm-hmm. really kind of you know started a, a downward spiral for him and. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I feel for I feel for Kanye. You know what I mean? That's really tough. I mean, watching it, you could see that she meant a lot, and the amount of confidence he had in himself was cultivated through his mom. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to watch the doc to to understand. 
and mm. you know we're explaining things that obviously you have to watch the doc so mm. maybe we won't get into the nuts and bolts of it but mm. the reality is if you watch it it humanizes every element of why kanye west is the way that he is mm. and it provides more context you know the good the bad the great the grand all that stuff it yeah. really gives it all context you know what's funny you know as we kind of wrap up this this topic about kanye is you mentioned that um that uh, the filmmaker really kind of shared mm-hmm. a lot of his insights mm-hmm. onto this uh, into this documentary, mm-hmm. and it kind of made me think. Um, you know, what was the documentary about in mm-hmm. hindsight? Because mm-hmm. um, you, what were your like? What were your observations? Like, cause I mean, po- it felt like the doc was about at the end of it them too. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it felt like. But in the beginning, it just like as a as the viewer or as the consumer, um, I felt like I'm gonna I want to watch a doc about Kanye West mm. because he's obviously the most riveting, one of the most riveting people, you know, celebrities or rappers or hip hop artists. And then who? Oh, I don't know anything about the filmmaker. You know, like yeah. I mean, why would I be interested in the filmmaker right off the bat when his subject matter is Kanye West? So that that's definitely my impression in the beginning. But at the end, it it did feel like it was a doc about both of them. Yeah, I think that's a that's. It's an interesting kind of transition, just because, uh, and, and what made the the whole thing kind of riveting, because you just kind of realize that towards the end, like there was less and less Kanye yeah. stuff, yeah. and more and more Cootie, the filmmaker mm-hmm. uh, stuff, mm-hmm. and it kind of made you think, like, wait, w- what is this documentary about? Mm. So I, I guess I and I told you this uh, in a in a prior conversation. I feel like it was less like a documentary about say Michael Jordan and it became more a documentary about the Chicago Bulls. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, you can't talk Chicago Bulls without talking Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I think, I feel like the con, you know, Kanye and, and Cudi were so intertwined in, in their life uh, at the start that it was mm. sort of inevitable to really kind of have that focus. And if you really kind of take a step back and look at all the content, mm. it never really was from a first person perspective of Kanye. Well, yeah, yeah. in many ways, it, I mean, he would talk about himself, yeah. but if you know, it's, it's not him talking about what he thinks, right? It's just yeah. another person's perspective on Kanye. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just kind of makes you wonder, like, is it a documentary about Kanye or is it just, mm. a, well, is it a Kanye documentary or is it a documentary about the Kanye West story? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. No, it is. So. It is interesting because normally in a doc, the the director or the producers, their high, their focus is on the the person they're, they're or the subject matter that they're shooting a documentary about. They don't interject themselves into the mm. doc. It's not a story about them, mm. but this doc is very different yeah. because it does become about the director. And yeah. you can either like it or hate it because a lot of people be like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to watch this doc because of the director or whatever. You know, that's up mm. to the viewer yeah. um, whether they enjoy that. But as you were saying, alluding to it, it, it does make you think at the, by the end of it, it's like, okay, well, I expected this doc to be completely about Kanye. But at the end, it was about these two people who are in a collision course in terms yeah. of their friendship and their professional relationship throughout the yeah. course of how many odd years. Yeah, dude. Anyway, fascinating, yeah. fascinating. Good point, though. Uh, R- great point that you bring up. 
it's it, it was such a fascinating documentary to watch yeah. i thank you for rec- recommending it and mm. i don't know dude anybody else that's interested in just people in general i think you should check it out yeah check it out it's worth it's definitely worth a watch man it's definitely worth a watch <laughs> Yeah, so let's let's move on though. Let's move on. I mean, we. I'm we... glad they had the documentary because. Yeah, I mean, there's some other things going on that aren't too happy. So maybe there's a reason why we spent so much time watching the Kanye West doc. Yeah. Uh, gen- genius. 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 Um, so let's talk about basketball a little bit. I mean, let's mm. let's let's briefly go over the All Star uh, weekend. You know, it's it's yeah. it's been a while already, but yeah. you know, we can talk a little bit because it we, has something we... to do with Warriors and Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't recorded since then, so we gotta we gotta hit it. You know, yeah. what I mean? we gotta hit it. I mean, Curry exploded. LeBron hit the game when he shot. I mean, what do you think? Team LeBron still undefeated, <laughs> dude. So the biggest narrative about that All Star Weekend uh, was um, everything else kind of sucked outside of the All Star oh, Game, God, pretty much. It's pretty bad. I feel like um, All Star friday night actually there was you know there was a little bit of uh excitement towards that at least for me mm-hmm. uh with the the rising stars but ultimately it was kind of a dud in terms mm-hmm. of outside of the you know the star power that they had there it really wasn't like the fireworks show that i was expecting mm-hmm. also saturday night was horrendous oh, man oh my gosh dude might have been all like time it, bad yeah, it, it it has become so gimmicky. There mm. were no star players in the marquee events like the three mm. three point contest and no. the dunk contest. The execution of it was just horrendous. I don't even know what they're trying to do in terms of like the dunk contest, giving all these, um, you know, these con- contestants uh, uh, multiple chances, mm-hmm. and people were just downright pissed. Man, I could see, yeah. I could remember all the memes were like. Who was it? Was it Bill Russell? No, it was Kareem walking out of the the arena as it was happening. Shaq was having oh like, yeah, his reaction was like, "Dude, this is like this is bad." So it really, really was just a you know a really, really poor <laughs> All Star Saturday night. I mean, um, I, I want to ask you this about the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's? I mean, these guys can dunk. I mean, it's not about the necessary just the dunkers because mm-hmm. obviously these guys are some of the best athletes in the world right mm-hmm. i'm sure when they're practicing these dunks they're they're hitting the dunks right i mm-hmm. mean there's the gravity of the moment there's the pressure sure but what's wrong with it like at this point is it because all the dunks have been done and they're trying to do things that are try? it's like you know when someone's trying too hard mm-hmm. like they're trying to like when carl anthony put on tim's i was like mm-hmm. i mean kind of Really? Yeah. Like, it's not that interesting. Yeah. It's gimmicky. Yeah. I think it's gotten to a point where, you know, um, the physical sort of limitation, we, we've hit a, we've hit uh, the point of no return in terms of like what, uh, you know, what ha- what can be done physically, right? There's mm-hmm. just diminishing returns, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Like, you know... There was a lull there before Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine did their thing. One of the um, best dunk contests ever. If yeah, you really right. think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But prior to that, you know, there was a lull. If you really kind of think about it, like when Vince did his thing. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it was just you felt like there were that was like the greatest show on earth. Oh yeah, right. Dude. When it happened, right, and then for a little bit, it was just kind of. You know, hit or miss in terms of the the dunk contest. You know, Jay Rich won a couple, mm-hmm. but that still wasn't the same as Vince. And then, 
you know, when Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like superhuman. It's like, yeah. no, like, how else can you top that, basically? And I think that's where the mentality of a lot of these, you know, competitors are mm-hmm. at at this point. It's just like, dude, I can't do better than that. Mm-hmm. So, like, no other big names are joining. And then you have all of these guys that are trying to make a name for themselves or rookies, you know be put in like a high pressure situation and then mm. what you see is what happened dude I, it just goes to show also the amount of confidence you need to have and flair to pull off winning people over on the in the dunk contest yeah i mean someone like vince carter or jay rich you know like maybe it is they were more seasoned at the point when they did the dunk contest or whatnot but i mean mj did mm. it when he was pretty young too so it just comes down to swag because like these dunks again, they're they're dunks that everyone has done before. Like it's not like mm-hmm. we're we're reflecting back to like freaking the seventies and stuff like that, where a lot of it were new was new, like Doctor J, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's really just the flair and finishing the dunk. If you don't finish the dunk, even when they made some of the dunks, I'm kind of like, there's no flair to it. Like Vince Carter, man, that guy had so much swag. It's crazy. I mean, I he's mean, a freak of nature for sure, but yeah. you know. Yeah, there's a showmanship that's that's yeah. done with it. Like even just with, like even the physics, right? Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. If you got you got bigger guys now, and and and, and, and honestly, the frequency, like you see a lot of like highlight dunks these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, even you, even the times, dude. We t- we're talking about this from the U- uh from the Kanye documentary. Mm-hmm. It's like now you have YouTube. You can view all of the yes, hot true. dunks within yeah. like minutes when it happens. Yeah even from a globe and all of these sort of non-professional hoopers doing these crazy dunks. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you, like everything is out there. Yeah. That's just the sign of the time. So I just think it's, I don't know, unless you really get the top stars, it's dead. Like yeah. you have to get the premier guys to do it at this point. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I wasn't mad at the idea of trying to get um, non-famous sort mm-hmm. of people. Uh, there are professional dunkers out there. Yeah. But that only that has a that's ha, that has a half life in itself because yeah. those guys, I mean, you can see what they're doing on YouTube. Exactly, what, what's dude. Gonna, yeah. So I don't know, dude. They really need to kind of rethink things. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this: whatever they did this year is probably not going to sell next year. No. So yeah, they're going to have to revamp it, and they, I'm sure they will because considering how bad it was this year, they got to do something. Yeah, dude. Uh, but let's with move that to the, said, yeah, let's move to the all. With that game. said, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, as Piss poor as the Saturday <laughs> night was, the All Star Game uh, was pure entertainment, dude. Yeah, it was it was great. The new format where mm-hmm. each quarter kind of is in many ways a standalone. There's a charity component mm-hmm. to it, uh, and then you have all the big stars. Well, not all. There's a lot of injured players yeah. in game and whatnot, but like the biggest of the biggest stars came to play. Yeah, and I and this is the prime example of like you can, you know, because of the new improvements, you know, like the it became more riveting. It came there's more incent you're more incentivized as the viewer to pay attention to the whole game. Before I would literally just be like all right, I'll watch some of the fun dunks in the beginning and maybe pay attention, mm. truly pay attention at the fourth quarter because that's when they start to play. But it, it's it's way better now. Yeah, and it yeah, and I do feel like that also kind of uh it incentivizes the top players to to play for something and to mm-hmm. perform and to put on a show mm-hmm. right if there's something at stake whether or not it's pride or you know whatever or 
what do you call that? Uh, charity, mm-hmm. like, and the stars came to shine. And I think that's the biggest thing is the star players who have showmanship were playing. Yeah, you had Steph Curry. Oh my gosh. hitting sixteen threes. It's crazy. You have LeBron doing a fadeaway on two defenders for a game-winning shot. I mean, this is what people pay thousands of dollars to watch yeah. uh, live, dude, mm-hmm. and that's what they did, and you know, at the All Star game. What I, do you think of the performance, I dude? I think hands down, it goes to show how, how electric, fascinating Steph Curry's mm-hmm. talent is. Just mm-hmm. his showmanship. But we were talking about showmanship, right? His yeah. showmanship. You know, I mean, aside from the fact that he's making some ridiculous shots, let's be honest, you know? Like, not, I mean, he's, it's incredible what he's doing. It's just a skill that he's revolutionized, you know? Like, he's like the... The best sharpshooter of all time, but it's the flair he does it with. You know, it's just yeah, incredible, dude. man. He just those look away shots. Yeah. Those look away shots, yeah. right? Uh, where, I mean, that's just that's that's vintage Curry already. Yeah. And he wouldn't really. He kind of does it in the game sometimes, but at least on the All Star game, yeah. he did it with extra mustard, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like he was looking away much earlier, mm-hmm. and he was playing to the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know definitely much more than he would do uh, on a regular game and people were eating it up mm-hmm. and in addition to that the consistency with which he was doing it dude 16 threes oh, like yeah that's crazy i don't care if you say whether or not they were playing defense or not no, dude man. you know the degree of difficulty yeah. to do it and to do it you know uh you know with that amount of flair mm-hmm. shit best show on earth dude yeah definitely the best show on earth and i think his skill that he developed, especially with shooting, is just something we can relate. People can relate to. Like when you're mm. seeing freaking Giannis sky over freaking three guys doing a dunk, it's incredible. But there's, I mean, it's a feat that only a few people can do in mm. this world, right? Like what he's doing physically. Like Steph Curry shooting, is just something that we all can do. We can shoot shots, but we yeah. know how difficult it is. Yeah. And it's just amazing that he can do it to that degree, that accuracy, that consistent. That's incredible. Yeah, dude. It was it was great, dude. Yeah. And I was having a discussion with a friend with regards to this because I felt like, not that it was, um, it, you know, uh, it, 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 they were taking some credit away from it just because it was an all-star game. But mm-hmm. I felt like, like you need to understand like how difficult it is to shoot that consistently you know Mm -hmm. what i mean from that distance Mm -hmm. being guarded or or not dude Mm -hmm. it's just it was impressive dude and he also won the first kobe bryant all-star mvp uh trophy which is very memorable right yeah definitely i mean they kept on showing clips where steph was uh with kobe Mm -hmm. i guess steph was a, a young buck and kobe was like just shoot it, man. You're a shooter. That's what you got to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, he hasn't stopped Mamba shooting. Mentality. He hasn't shot shooting. Dude. I mean, he, he shot himself shooting. into the record books. <laughs> I know, man. I wish he was shooting that that well mm-hmm. in regular season games because he sure as hell was it. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's talk but, a little bit about that. You know, like yeah. that's kind of like wraps up the All Star game. You know, like no, but you gotta you gotta give credit for LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I was worried. I mean, that he was act- also <laughs> returning to Cleveland. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. There definitely was a showmanship component there. Mm-hmm. I think they gave Steph an opportunity to try to win it all towards mm-hmm. the end with the new format. 
but ultimately LeBron did kind of hit that that dagger game winner. Not an easy shot either. Very difficult yeah. shot. You know what I mean? I actually was quote unquote worried that LeBron would win the MVP because of that. Oh, no. dude, fifty six points. Yeah. 16 threes? No way. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's yeah. the king in Cleveland, man. Yeah. You never know what could happen. But a lot of these votings already happen b- b- well before the game has happened. Yeah. So, Steph. Yeah. Steph I d- and I do think Steph deserved that. Yeah. With that yeah. said. For sure. All-Star game this year saved the whole All-Star weekend. Yeah. And it yeah. need they needed these like record-setting performances mm-hmm. to really kind of keep the the weekend alive because otherwise they would have been in hot water they would have been like dude we need to we need to rethink stuff but as long as you got the best players in the world Mm -hmm. uh doing their thing again one of the best shows in in the business best entertainment you can get yeah i gotta appreciate these stars these superstars and why they're still playing because i mean there's a new crop of guys coming up and i'm sure they will show out when their time is really due you know Mm -hmm. But these guys, Steph, LeBron, you know, I mean, you can throw in Giannis and stuff like that. These guys, you got to appreciate what we see before us, you know? Yeah. Yep, exactly, man. Because, you know, everyone's time comes up. That's just the reality, <laughs> right? That's just the reality. So let's, let's move on to the season, man, because they had the all, you had the All-Star game, and I think both the Lakers and Warriors limped into the All-Star game. And <laughs> since then, they've played a whole host of games also. And they're still, still limping. limping, bro. They're still <laughs> limping. I mean, the degree of limping has gotten worse, dude. dude and I I, I, we've been chatting. You know, we we keep in contact all the time, and yeah. I think there's a point where you just don't want to talk about it because it's just nothing has changed. Yeah, exactly. and it's just like what? I mean, you can keep complaining, and we do, but it's like nothing has. I haven't seen any signs of life. I'll talk about the Lakers' perspective. Mm. There's been no signs of life. AD went down, sure. You know, that's another injury. And we've talked about this before. He's injury prone. But even before the injury, the Lakers are not playing well. So nothing has really changed. I mean, just they're just losing more games because they have obviously don't have an all-star all, you know, player on their team anymore because he's hurt. But the team has been bad, and it's just been hard to watch. Just going to put it out there. It's just been incredibly hard to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's been interesting to kind of hear your perspective in this whole thing just because... I mean, coming into the season, there was a lot of sort of optimism and momentum in terms of the Lakers because of the sheer star power. But it just feels like it just hasn't come together and add in another injury riddled season for Anthony Davis. And what we have is a really, really disappointing season for the Lakers. And uh, I don't know, man, where are you at right now? I'm going to throw an analogy out there. You know, it's like it's like being in a toxic relationship. Yeah, like you know the significant other isn't good for you, but you already committed, like, you know, and you want to see it through, but deep down you know it's not good for you, but you still have hope. You're like, well, maybe this person will change, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's possible. They show small glimpses, just small. <laughs> There's small glimmers, but if you look at it as a totality, if you really pull out, you talk to your friends, everybody that's like outside of your bubble, they're like, nah, man. This is not a good relationship. You gotta, you gotta break up. You gotta move on with your life, and that's what it is. The Lakers season is sums up. It's like these parts don't work. But as a fan, what choice do you have to be somewhat optimistic? But the mm-hmm. optimism is not based on reality, right? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, maybe if AD comes back, 
Like, he's hurt right now, but coming back, you never know. You just never know. You got mm-hmm. three, you know, Hall of Famers. But I'm like, bro, like, there's a sample size now. Mm. It's just not going to happen. And it's okay. It's okay to admit it's not going to happen. But it's hard to let go of the chance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at. <laughs> it's hard to let go, man. You got to let I, go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear where you are, man. And I feel, I feel like you kind of know where the season is going at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You just got to be realistic. just got to be realistic. That's the there's thing. There's still a lot of basketball there is. to be played. And again, like LeBron, can he go supernova? Can he? Yes, he can. But that's what it takes. Like you literally have to have LeBron score 56 points every game. If he can do that, yeah, I'll tell you right now. We have a chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, but the dude is 37 30, years old. He's 37 years old. And then he has to work against all these other variables that don't mm. fit like Westbrook can he be consistent no he can't not on this team so that's just where it is it's tough it's tough to watch man and I'm not I'm not I'm just not a person that wants to be doom and gloom all the time but I'm just being realistic mm. watching the mm. season and yes there's all these extractors have them been have they been able to stay healthy no they haven't so sure their chemistry is off but at this point even if they do get everyone healthy everyone healthy they don't have enough time anyways like it's 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 freaking march right now the playoffs mm. start in april ad is not coming back for another three four weeks and at most he can come back for less the last three games it's not enough time bro and we know this if you watch basketball enough like i'm gonna end my rant here it takes a lot of chemistry and development over a span of the season all right let alone mm previous seasons to build chemistry but if you do get a collection of talent if they're that good and they can fit then yeah it's possible but not this team and that's that's a hard pill to swallow because you, you want to think like we have a shot but who knows though who knows <laughs> as much as i say that hey lebron scored 56 points last game so we'll see <laughs> yeah speaking of lebron scored 56 points indeed and he scored it on my golden state warriors mm. yeah. hearing what you talk about as to how horrendous mm. the Lakers season has gone thus far. Uh, losing to the Lakers yeah. last night yeah, it was bottom. rock bottom for yeah. my squad. I'll tell you that. Mm. Um, I don't think we have the same excuses per se mm. in terms of like chemistry and, uh, you know, not a good fit with the whole Russell Westbrook situation. We do have a major injury mm-hmm. where we have Draymond Green not having played for the past six weeks, or I don't even know. It feels like the whole year. Um, and the Warriors are reeling, you yeah. know. Um, and I couldn't be more upset. Mm-hmm. And let me give you some perspective as to why I'm really upset, okay? Uh, unlike you, were, you know... Early on in the season, it was already seemed like it was a rocky with the, with the with the Lakers. For me, mm-hmm. it was the opposite. Yeah. Like the Warriors were actually playing at a really really high level through the end of two thousand and twenty one, but lo and behold, this Draymond injury happens out of the blue as Clay Thompson is happening. So think about all of this sort of blue balls. Uh, feeling that you would get yeah. as a team could be even better by adding another Hall of Fame player, mm-hmm. albeit injured for the last two years, with Clay Thompson coming back. But at the same night mm. that Clay Thompson comes back, what happens? You have this mm-hmm. mysterious injury from Draymond Green. 
initially it's supposed to be a calf injury. So I'm like, okay, calf. Maybe he just kind of got kneed in a calf or it's a little sore, right? Mm. But then two weeks after, you hear that the injury is not a calf injury. And it turns out to be a back injury. Mm. And there's this whole sort of talk about, does it need surgery? Does it not mm. need surgery? So to give you context, and I'm the picture I'm trying to paint here is ever since that at the start of 2022, the Warriors have not been playing well mm. and they have been off kilter yeah. record aside mm. record aside i think they were able to survive a little bit thanks to the schedule and thanks to some some you know performances uh from the rest of the squad andrew wiggins was having a really decent year he got you know yeah. all-star yeah. starter status <laughs> but you know midnight has dropped and andrew wiggins has gone back to being a pumpkin yeah. you know what i mean where He's not really performing that well. The Draymond injury, mm -hmm. at least for the past month, has actually really kind of shown in terms of how the Warriors' defense has uh, really, really kind of struggled. Mm. You know, and I don't even want to talk about numbers. This is more of an eye test. Yeah. You know, from a fan that's been watching the the team for for years and years, seeing the rock bottom that we've had for the past couple of years mm. in the the creme de la creme. You know, from years before that, and this team definitely is not looking like a championship contender and mm. we've lost eight out of ten i believe i don't even know the numbers dude mm. like we've lost four straight for sure um in in heartbreaking fashion buzzer beater mm. you know all kinds of you know situations and it's just been a downward spiral and losing to the lakers uh on a saturday night which in many ways what i feel like was a very winnable game by the warriors mm -hmm. um is rock bottom for the squad, man. So I mm. am definitely not in a in a, a good mood in terms of Warriors basketball. I'll tell you that, man. That's why I'm watching these documentaries. Yeah, dude, they it, are playing poor for sure. I mean, you have a wealth of ex wealth of experience and perspective of the Warriors, especially them coming off you know horrible season seasons mm -hmm. past, and knowing that the habits and of that year, like if it's you know blending over now. And yes, Clay is back, but you know he's still working his way back. And Dre being hurt, that's just how important Dre is. And I know mm -hmm. it's not like he fixes everything, but mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it is a flashback of that year. At least right now, with their play now, it's not. Mm -hmm. I do think they have a lot of talent on the team. Obviously, that they can get mm -hmm. together for sure. But it's just, I think they're going through a stretch that is very reminiscent. That the defense is just not is very inconsistent. You know, they're not getting key stops. And maybe they become more too reliant on Steph, um, but I, I do think they'll be fine. I, it'll be a tough stretch because I I remember looking at um, the strength of schedule and the Lakers and Warriors, both of them, and the Lakers are even more in trouble in terms of not having any cushion. It's they have the toughest schedule down the stretch, and you were telling me the next four games they play Denver twice, Clippers, mm -hmm. who are a really tough team to beat. And Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's rough, man. It is rough. It is good. Like, it's so rough that I think they're waving the white flag for the next game for the Warriors because they actually are slated to play Denver in Denver twice. Tomorrow. They're also they're yeah. at Denver twice. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. And this is this happened because this is a scheduling uh, quirk. Mm. Uh, One of the Denver games that uh, uh, they had in January, since uh, health and safety was happening, where Denver didn't have enough players, was rescheduled. So in many ways, the league scheduled an L because it wasn't the Warriors. The Warriors had enough players, but Denver didn't have enough players to do this. So we are holding that L to schedule in that game. Exactly. So we we are hella salty over here mm. just because I mean the Warriors have dropped from you know being close to Phoenix to now being number three. Yeah, Memphis has. They're definitely not us. catching Phoenix anymore. I mean that's exactly that's, that's, that's not happening. Yeah. That's not gonna happen, yeah. right? So it's just that, I mean these are important games, and I think what really frustrates me with regards to this is, um, I felt like the Warriors have been quite complacent and I'll, mm. I'll put this out there right and and the narrative might change mm-hmm. once Draymond comes back and things might be better mm-hmm. but like right now if you really kind of think about it uh we're in this situation because you know uh the organization has set out a game plan and they're sticking to it right and I in many ways you can respect that to a certain extent but there's also sort of like like read the tea leaves guys like yeah. you, you know like you're you're relying on Draymond, who may or may not be healthy. Uh, you didn't add size, saying that James Wiseman is coming back, but I mean, this dude injured his his leg a year ago. He was supposed to start the season. He was supposed to come back in December, and then all of a sudden, you hear that he had another procedure happen in December, and there really isn't any timeline for him to return. Mm. So there really isn't any sort of adjustments that were made uh, based on the reality of things mm. right now in terms of what's happening with the team. I mean, you know, the Lakers, for all their faults, are still trying to make moves by what cutting DeAndre Jordan and how no, he's getting man. DJ August. Yeah. It may not move the needle, yeah. but it kind of gives you at mm. least mm-hmm. some 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 ear service or some, you know, some some some, some FaceTime or whatever the term is to make sure that they at least are trying mm-hmm. in the Warriors. I don't know, dude. It's just like mm. this shit is obviously not working. What are you guys doing differently to mm. to to shake things up? And it's at least from a fan, it's really frustrating right now. And mm. I don't know. Things may change, but I don't know. Rock bottom, bro. Rock bottom. Yeah, I I sense your frustration. I've def- I've sensed it for the last month, to be honest. And I, I think like you know we didn't talk about the trade deadline going. Oh, we did, we mm-hmm. did. But like we with did. No, no movement, also for the Lakers, no movement. But it's just, it's just not for the lack of trying. They were trying to move yeah, us, right? But you know, you gotta kind of you know, you make your bed, you gotta sleep in it. You know, right. like there's no move that would have saved the Lakers. Like that's true. no one's trading for Westbrook and giving back an All Star player. You know, that's I mean, true. I know there was that's a trade true. with John Wall, but let's we're talking about John Wall who hasn't played a game this year. And That's so true. injury prone. Like this guy's not gonna save the franchise. Like John Wall is That's not coming up, coming in, and he also has problems with shooting. Let's be honest. You know. That's true. And That's so true. we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Lakers in terms of what they're going to do in the summer and the Warriors mm. like this is the squad you have nothing's changing now this is and that's the frustrating I, part it's like no I mean, there's no nothing coming in to save you yeah this um, I mean this is they're, they've they've decided that this is the the formula and they're sticking to it and, and, and I'll say it is very frustrating not even being plugged in the way that you're plugged in like seeing James Wiseman just uh, just mysteriously going through whatever he's going through the injuries 
like one day you'll see news that he's gonna start on court work the next week you're like oh he's regressed and it's like man like what's going on with this guy like like what's the injury why he can all of a sudden do on court work and then there's a setback like it's it's mind-boggling actually yeah so in addition to that kind of uh, news the narratives that you hear from the 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 coaching staff and the organization is they're like if and when he comes back right mm-hmm. don't expect much from him yeah right yeah so they're aware that you know he's kind of questionable anyway to come back and in addition to that they really are don't think that there's he's really going to be play a significant role mm. for this the squad so if you know this then why not try to add a little bit of depth mm. knowing that you have that and i know it's not their style of play yeah but man dude i don't know it's not looking uh good right now steph yeah. sure he hit 16 threes but mm. you know the league is catching up to him like yeah they won't guard him in an all-star game but in a real game you have three or four guys like always doubling up on him and you know it's hard man it's hard so we'll see what happens yeah we still have hope oh yeah Uh, of course i I am thankful for that Mm -hmm. like there you know there's still a lot of basketball to be played so as much as i told you that i acknowledge that on on our end but i don't know man if you've been watching the games uh it's hard for you as a fan to really feel confident on mm-hmm. the product that you've seen out there. So shit definitely got to change before. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to compete. I mean, to put it into a grander perspective, if you look at the records, obviously Phoenix is running away, right? The Golden State Warriors actually have the second best record in the league. So they're, they're not anymore. Not, well, not anymore, but they, they, they did. They did. <laughs> they did. So they did. I, I do think like with their recent play, you know, it's, it's not looking good, but, they do have another month to figure it out and Mm -hmm. have momentum to go into the playoffs. So we'll see if they can. And the Lakers, they're slated to be in the (laughs) play-in at this point as the ninth seed, all right? So that's not good. And I'm not sure what will happen. And I'm actually intrigued to see how it finishes out, to be honest. Um, Intrigued in the sense that can the Lakers make an eighth seed and that's incredible to even talk about can they make it into the playoffs yeah that's a great storyline because the play-in when it comes if 80 is healthy they'll probably be the strongest play-in team on paper ever (laughs) which doesn't say much with how the season has gone but hey as a as a sports fan as an nba fan it'll be interesting to see if they can and if they do make it have them get bounced in the first round. That'll be exciting to see, right? <laughs> yeah, but this is what happened last year, bro. That's true. That is what happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. What difference does it make? So Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to remind you. Yeah, that, no, it's but true. We though. were the ones that you guys yeah. trounced out last yeah. year. Uh partly. So I'm just saying, like, how how different is this perspective from what mm. what it was last year? With that said, I do agree. I do mm. agree that if the if the Lakers are healthy and they somehow magically make their way into the playoffs. Oh, it's not a matchup that I would want to see, regardless of how dysfunctional things are. Because in a seven-game seven set, you know, one sprained ankle here, mm. one, you know, you, you know, shoulder stinger mm-hmm. for one of your top players against the Lakers, uh, who have already dealt with the injuries this year. Oh, man you never know what could happen and this is how the nba gets us man yeah there's always that 
possibility, right? I and let's let's end this podcast now. And I just want to say how wild this NBA season has been. Like the two teams that were slotted as the favorites to win the title. Let's put well two of the top ones, right? Brooklyn and Lakers. They are right now not even in the playoffs. Like technically, you know, they're in the play-in spot, which is wild to think, right? And that just sums up the entire season. You just don't know what's going to happen. And I said this to you over our chat. It's the thinnest of margins, man. Like thinnest of margins. One injury, it could put you down to a five-game losing streak because a key player is out, right? Word. It's happening right now to us. I know. Exactly, man. It's just crazy. It's been a wild season. It really has. It really has. And, you know, with the trades and all this stuff, I'm – I am very intrigued to see how it all plays out towards the end, and we'll be talking about it, man. Yeah, man. We will be covering it, just talking about it, sharing our perspectives. One month, man. One month. One month. Let's go. Let's see what happens in one month. There's a lot of, might be a lot of tears might uh, shed, so might be a lot of chairs thrown across the room. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, dude. We'll see. So thank you again for listening to another installment of Ball vs. Life. Um, we appreciate you guys being here. Please follow us on our socials that will link below. And yeah, please stay safe. And we hope that, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, we can bring some fun and some you know, lightness to it all. Because at the end of the day, man, like, we do have our prayers for the people that need help. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.